0: Welcome to the light of the world. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming upon the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is a time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. The central point that separates Christians from everyone else is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If someone say they are a Christian and don't believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, they are not a believer. You know, if I'd ask the question, what is the one thing that points to whether or not a person is Christian. What separates Christianity from anything else? That's Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And as we think about it, I, I want to share with you how did we get here to recognize and to have to come to a point of salvation by believing on someone who was hanging on a cross. How did we get to this point and why is that significant and what is that all about? In other words, you can say, Pastor, what had happened to make that the central point of our salvation to believe on Jesus Christ and his shed blood? The last time we spoke, we talked to you about the express purpose of God sending his son, Jesus Christ, into the world we're told that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but shall have everlasting life. But there are numerous references to Jesus as he made his appearance on the earth. And we've heard many of those references. We, we know he's called the Prince of Peace. We know he's called the Lion of Judah. We know he's the lily of the valley. And what else? He's a bright morning star. As Jesus reached adulthood and he began to initiate his earthly ministry, that was about three years and Jesus was about 33 years old when he was crucified. And his ministry was three years, so at about age 30, he began to initiate his earthly ministry in public. He found himself in the same area where his cousin was, and that was John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been preaching a little while and he was reaching and he was talking about repentance and he was baptizing people and he had a big crowd around him and John who was filled with the Holy Ghost from his birth, the Bible tells us, before anyone else was filled, John was filled and he's preaching and then he looks out and he sees Jesus walking toward him and and in John chapter 1 verse 29, the Bible said John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look! That's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. In verse 34, he says, I have seen and I testify that this is the son of God. He's pointing at Jesus. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, he's a lamb of God. So I want to talk about Jesus, our Passover lamb. Of all the ways John could have announced Jesus, why did he call him the lamb? Of God, to us that probably don't mean anything other than a cute name that goes along with the lily of the valley and the bright morning star, but to the Jew, the Israelite, it was a very significant announcement. In his message to the Corinthians, Paul referred to Jesus as our Passover lamb, and I want to take some time to share with you the significance of understanding the reference of the Passover lamb and how he has affected your life. In order to do that, we're going to have to go back to when the lamb first became introduced as the instrument of redemption. And I want to talk about a familiar story to those who attended Sunday school. And for those who may not, you you may say, oh yeah, I remember a little something about that. The people of God were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Moses spoke to Pharaoh and asked him to let God's people go. And after he refused, God sent several plagues, but he still would not set God's people free. Now, before I go any further, let me back up a little bit. I want to tell you that the Bible in the Old Testament uses a lot of what we call types. So, I'm going to explain to you what a type is. Because there is a type and an anti-type. We would say sometimes that Pharaoh was a type of the devil. Now, he wasn't the devil, but he was a type of the devil. Now, some of you are old enough to remember typewriters. So y'all are laughing, but I remember my son, Jared, we were walking in a business, and he pointed to an object. He said, Dad, what is that? And I said, what's what? He said, that. And he pointed to this thing. I said, that's a typewriter. (laughs) And I thought, you've never seen a typewriter, but I just remembered that he grew up on a keyboard and a computer. But those of us who sent a typewriter, they had the letters that were engraved in the metal strikers. So if you wanted to press the keyboard and press the letter J, the J went through a ribbon and it typed it and it left a J on your paper. The J on your paper was not the letter, it was the type. The letter was still on the metal striker, and the metal striker had the anti-type. That was the actual thing, but it left something that looks like it and can represent it. Pharaoh wasn't the devil, but he was the type in Scripture. When John the Baptist said, Jesus, that's the Lamb of God, Jesus was the anti-type. But we're going to show you the type in the Scriptures. So you got Pharaoh that has people, God's people in bondage. And this whole story of God's people being in bondage in Egypt is the type of our individual bondage to sin. They were in slavery and didn't matter what they did, they could not set themselves free. No matter how they lived, how much they complained, how hard they worked, they could not set themselves free. They had a situation they could not break free on their own. So God sent Moses to talk to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, I'm not letting them go. In fact, I'm going to work even harder. You can be in a life of sin and you can just talk to the devil and say, let me go. He said, "Well, I mean? Let you go? You belong to me. Shut up and go back to work. Let's look at this story. Now, this is a lengthy story because you need to see this whole picture. And we're going to read some lengthy scripture right now. In the book of Exodus, chapter 11, all of the plagues had been released upon Egypt. The frogs, the blood in the water, the gnat, all of those things had happened. And Pharaoh says, hey, I don't care what you do. I'm not letting them go. So Moses said, Exodus 11, this is what the Lord says. About midnight, I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. From the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, to the firstborn son of the slave girl who is at her handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. God says, This is my judgment upon those who function according to to their own system and has, is my enemy and who are disobedient to me, I'm going to kill the firstborn of everyone in Egypt, didn't he? Everyone will be destroyed. Every firstborn of everyone in the country. Verse 6, there will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there has ever been or ever will be. But among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at a man or animal. That's when you will know. The Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. Exodus chapter 12 verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt. This month is to be for you the first month of your year. This is when God for the Israelites changed their calendar. You've been going by the Egyptian calendar. And now... You're going to start over with a brand new year this month. When I get ready to deliver you, it starts over for you. That's the way it is in our lives. When God delivers us, we get a brand new start. He said, you've been born again. You got a new birthday. That message was a type. Of your being born again. You start all over again. This month for you is to be the first month. The first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel. That on the 10th day of this month. Each man is to take a lamb. For his family. One for each household. If any household is too small. For a whole lamb. They must share with their nearest neighbor. Having taken into account the number of people there are, you are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The lamb you choose must be year-old males without defect. And you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month. When all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water but roast it over the fire, head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it until morning. If some of it is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat. And he said, now I want to tell you how to eat it. With your cloak tucked in your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. This is where we first see that concept of the Passover. This is Jerry G. Martin and- We brought you a message today to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we are coming toward our Good Friday and Easter celebration, our Resurrection Sunday, I think it is so vital that we share the message of the grace and the goodness, the redemption and the forgiveness that Jesus Christ brings to every person. I don't know who you are and I don't know where you are and I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior to make a decision right now. It was Jesus. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. If you are lost and you feel hopeless or helpless or disconnected in your spiritual life, Today is a great opportunity for you just to turn to Christ and invite him into your heart, invite him into your life, and he will come in with his divine power and his spirit, and he will do for you what he's done for me and so many others. He will turn your life around. If you would like us to join you and pray with you and help you to get connected, call us right now at 281 964 1-3-9-3 and say, I made a decision for Christ. I need to get connected so I can continue to grow. Again, that's 281 964 1393. Jesus Christ came to give you everlasting life, and we will walk that journey out with you. Be sure to call us and then join us for our Easter Sunday service at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road